0: Welcome to the Politics of Fish podcast, the American Sport Fishing Association's biweekly podcast covering the people, organizations, and issues that impact the recreational fishing industry. I'm your host, Mike Leonard, Vice President of Government Affairs for ASA. On this episode, my guest is Sam Snyder with the Wild Salmon Center, who joined to talk about the long-standing effort to protect the Bristol Bay watershed in Alaska from the proposed Pebble Mine. While to be clear, ASA is not anti-mining, We do engage in mining proposals that pose a clear and substantial risk to highly important recreational fisheries and nowhere is that position better applied than the pebble mine which would be a massive operation with long-lasting environmental damage risking one of the world's most productive salmon fisheries our guest sam has clearly been working on this issue for a long time and knows his stuff because he expertly breaks down the long and sordid history of the pebble mine what's at stake and how the sport fishing community can get involved at this critical moment in time to hopefully put an end to Pebble Mine once and for all. I hope you enjoyed the listen and come away feeling compelled to get involved, which you can easily do by visiting keepamericafishing.org and finding our action alert. In just a few steps, you can submit your comments to EPA in support of Safeguarding Bristol Bay. Or you can press pause right now, go submit your comments, and then come back to listen to the interview, and you'll feel better about yourself and know that you did your part. It's up to you. But now on to the interview with Sam. All right, well, I'm pleased to be joined here by Sam Snyder with the Wild Salmon Center to talk about an issue that hopefully folks in the recreational fishing industry, if you've been around for any period of time, have heard about because it's been a huge longstanding issue that affects a really important fishery and a really important fishing state that um, seems to be sort of a never ending issue and has risen from the grave in the past. Uh, And this is of course the Pebble Mine in Bristol Bay, Alaska that um, has been a, an issue ASA has worked on for a long time and uh, is one that we've continually relied on partners in the state, folks like uh, Sam and others to keep us up to date of what's going on. So we're at a really important time right now with this uh, proposed mine and hopefully the final stage in ending this once and for all. So Sam, uh, really appreciate you joining here uh, at this important time. and. Giving folks in the industry an update of what's going on with uh, with Pebble. So, welcome and, uh, and thanks for being with us today.
1: Awesome, yeah, I'm excited to be here. The timing for scheduling this could not have been more perfect. So,
0: absolutely. Well, and um, a lot going on in real time on this issue. So, appreciate your uh, your willingness to join here with with all that's going on. But uh, before we dive into the Pebble issue, Sam, could you give us a a little background on on yourself? How you got into this field of uh, fisheries conservation policy, and maybe talk a little too about the the Wild Salmon Center for folks that might be might not be familiar.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, so Sam Snyder, I'm currently in Juneau. Uh, we split time between Juneau and Anchorage, um, and uh, we've been in Alaska for 13 years. Um, and I've worked most of that time on the pebble fight uh, with a little detour in the, the campaign against the Susitna Dam. And then in 2017, 2018, we ran a ballot measure to try and protect, uh, fisheries that would have helped us on fights like pebble. Um, that's a whole other podcast and a whole other story. Um, but yeah, I've been doing this work for a while. Um, and, uh, I guess I got into this because I fish, uh, you know, growing up chasing trout around streams in New Mexico with my dad, noticing changes in habitat as fishermen are, are often likely to do, uh, started asking questions about, everything from, you know, resource development, to climate change, reading people like Aldo Leopold um, and thinking about land and water ethics and found my way um, into this work. I think I had watched Red Gold and shown it in my environmental studies classes I was teaching before we moved up here. And when we moved to Alaska 13 years ago, uh, I just started calling the people that I saw in the film, if I'm completely honest, and called Tim Bristol and Guido Rara and others, and, and uh it was like, hey, hire me. I want to work on this. And they finally acquiesced. And here we are 13 years later, um, helping coordinate the campaign against Pebble. Um, yeah, currently work for the Wild Salmon Center. Uh, we're based in Portland, uh, but work across the Pacific Rim, attempting to protect and defend the last great salmon strongholds, um, these, these pockets where maybe we don't have to restore or we can do some restoration to ensure thriving salmon populations that are resilient to climate change, other resource development, and, um, you know, can support communities and sportsmen, indigenous peoples, uh, and even commercial and commercial fishermen. Yeah. Great. Well, let's dive
0: into uh, Pebble Mine and the Bristol Bay watershed. If you could give us a a background uh, for those maybe haven't been fortunate to fish in the Bristol Bay watershed. I fished in Alaska, haven't made it quite that far just yet to, to Bristol Bay or the watershed. But um, what's sort of the importance, what are the fisheries like um, to sort of give us the lay of the land of, you know, from the environmental and uh, from the, the fishery standpoint, the fisher, fishing community there? Um, what's what's sort of the, the 101 on the Bristol Bay watershed?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to start, you know, it's a, it's a, Sportsman's paradise, it's the place that we dream of going. It's, you know, to be on streams with no roads nearby and no air traffic above. Um, few people, um, you know, giant rainbow trout, salmon um, everywhere, bears, wildlife. So from a sportsman's perspective, it is, it's the bucket list. It's the dream destination. It's the place that people save up, you know, for many years to go visit. Um, it's that once in a lifetime opportunity. But I think it's really important to to recognize that that first and foremost, you know, Bristol Bay is uh, is very much indigenous land. It's indigenous indigenous waters. Um, these are lands of Denneina and Yupik peoples, and there are 31 febri- federally recognized tribes in the broader watershed. And when I say broader watershed, we're talking as an area the size of like West Virginia. It's huge. Um, so there's 31 federally recognized tribes there. Uh, they have subsisted on all of the, the that region provides. For you know millennia, and uh, but it all starts with salmon. It is the last great sockeye salmon fishery of its kind. It over the past ten years, I think the average is over forty million salmon returning. Last year, they broke the all-time record with um, sixty-six million sockeye returning this year. The forecast is even bigger at seventy-four point three million sockeye. The, like the numbers and the volume are hard to imagine. And those fish also fuel a very robust economy. We're talking fifteen thousand jobs in the commercial and sport fishing industry. You know, those are those are drift and set net fishermen. Those are guides working out of uh, you know a couple dozen lodges, and um, that's a two over two point two billion dollar thriving economy. And I think you know a couple things. One, in a time when our economy and food security are often sort of on a roller coaster, places like Bristol Bay remain stable and at a time when we're watching fisheries um, decline around in north america around the world bristol bay continues to be the crown jewel Um, and so as a as a place it is you know literally sustains alaska it sustains uh, and has sustained alaska native communities for generations on generations and can continue to do so um, it can sustain the dreams of fishermen and sportsmen, uh, and will do so so long as we make sure that it's protected.
0: Well, it's an important point and a really important theme across a, a lot of these fisheries conservation mm-hmm. issues. That it's often these issues are often portrayed as um, you know some other industry that is all about jobs versus mm-hmm. conservation, which is more of like a, a feel good kind of thing. But the, mm-hmm, the point mm-hmm. you made about the two plus billion dollar economic driver. That these that this watershed these fisheries provide um really shows that yeah in, in addition to the more intrinsic you know natural importance of this space there is a huge economy and driver behind this so i guess you layer on top of that uh the economic value of these fisheries uh something like pebble mine which right. is coming in and um and and posing a serious threat to, to all of that so what exactly is the proposal, and uh, you know, sort of where in the watershed is it? What's being proposed to be sure. to be mined, and what are the uh, potential or likely impacts if that were to to go forward?
1: Yeah, so uh, Pebble Mine is a is a mine for copper and gold and molybdenum and other minerals, but it's it's mostly copper and gold. Um, if you talk to former state senate president Rick Halford, he would say that it's a mine for sulfur. But we'll get back to that in a second. Um, it's a very large deposit. It's one of the largest um, undeveloped gold and copper deposits on the planet. Um, and for nearly 20 years, uh, Canadian, Canadian mining interests have, have pursued trying to uh, develop this project. Um, it's owned by Northern Dynasty Minerals, which is a subsidiary of Hunter Dickinson out of Vancouver, BC. It's, uh, I think, again, the size and scope of these things is hard to wrap our head around. The location of the mine is at the headwaters of the, the rivers that feed this massive fishery. So the head, um, headwaters of the Nushigak and the Kuijak rivers. Um, the Kuijak alone produces over 25% of the sockeye and Bristol Bay, and the Nushagak is one of the really strongest remaining king salmon fisheries on the planet, rivers on the planet. So you have this, this massive, you know, area that's, that's full of water. The region is like a sponge. Um, there's water everywhere, which makes it phenomenal salmon habitat. It's undeveloped. There's no roads. Uh, there's no pipelines. There's nothing out there, uh, other than communities, you know, d- depending upon this, this fishery and the mine is situated at the top of the, the sort of the saddle of the headwaters and it would, we're talking full build out, um, uh, roughly 10 billion tons of waste. You know, one to three percent of it, or so, is usable mineral. So you're talking ninety six ish percent of what's dug up is waste. Um, a lot of that is sulfur based. It's a the the nature of the deposit being a copper and gold deposit is that there's a high sulfur content in the rock. You grind that that sulfur up uh, to extract the minerals. You're going to have, you know, a sulfuric acid acid mine drainage is a natural byproduct of the process. Um, mind the chemicals that might be used for sort of further, uh, processing of the, ore. you're going to have to store that on site forever in perpetuity, like till the next ice age rolls around or the sun burns out, like somebody has got to manage this thing forever. So behind large earthen dams that are, you know, several miles long, 700 feet tall. And, uh, these are like Hoover dam style height. I mean, it just sort of, the size is hard to wrap our head around again. Yeah, size, magnitude, and it doesn't doesn't also count the roads and the resources that that, that it would take to get it there, pipelines, um, crossing of streams, and then it's also I think it's important to note that it's there's the potential for a mining district here. It's not just Pebble, but Pebble is the big one. It's the one that's mo- is furthest along. So you develop Pebble, you open the door for you know dozens of other mines. We're talking hundreds of thousands of acres and of of mining claims um, that would really be devastating to, to the fishery over the long-term. Uh, there's the potential for massive disasters, tailings dams, failures, but also just the chipping away of that habitat is really problematic because this is where these salmon spawn, it's where they, they hide under the tundra and winter over and, and really thrive. And so you start to chip away at that and you impact the fishery, you impact its ability to be resilient to climate change um, and other impacts. And so there are many levels of threat here. There's the slow degradation of the habitat, and then there's the potential for massive tailings dam failures, which we see increasingly around the world.
0: Well, it's, um, you know, mining issues are inherently complicated, and obviously (laughs) there's a need from a global supply chain for raw materials. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you always have to look at these issues on a case-by-case basis and determine the risks of the operation too great based on the impact or likely impact it would have on the resource and this is one of those cases where it is really difficult to look at the skies and scale of this versus this really important watershed and not come out saying this is just you know common refrain is a lot of people have talked about this issue the wrong mind in the wrong place um yep. so that sentiment being out there the nevertheless there's been a strong push over many many years to move forward with this mine and mm-hmm. speaking of complicated the the regulatory process behind approving these types of things um is is, is pretty darn complicated so for sure especially given the timeline of this one haven't been around for a long time so is there a condensed version you could share of sort of the regulatory history of this proposal and totally. where we are uh, at this moment in time
1: yeah I think one thing that makes this 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 project fascinating is it's on state land but the but the waters that flow through and around it which would be impacted are federal waters because of navigability there's a whole you know side story there that, that you all have worked on as well but these are federal waters and in 2010 six tribes then followed by a collection of commercial fishermen and, and sportsmen and environmental groups petitioned the EPA to use their authority under the Clean Water Act to stop this project um Pebble would need what's called the 404 permit. It's the disposal of waste, to put it super simply. This is a permit normally managed by the Army Corps of Engineers. But every now and then the EPA through through authority comes in and says, you know what? We're going to look at this one. This one's unique. It's special. It's highly problematic. We're going to come in. Uh, They've done this 13 times in the history of the Clean Water Act. It's not something that they do regularly. There's 80,000 of these types of permits applied for every year. And so in the history of the Clean Water Act, uh EPA has come in 13 times and so we, the the request was we need you to use this authority they were like yes this is a big problem this is a big project this is a big fishery we need to be concerned with they studied it for a couple of years and in 2014 they issued what's called the proposed determination so a set of restrictions on mining in the headwaters of Bristol Bay <clears throat> in the pebble deposit pebble sued them um, and locked things up in court uh, and this was at the end of the Obama administration and they were never able to finalize those proposed. They were never able to go from proposed determination to final determination and get this thing locked up. Um, had they done that, it would have been fairly durable, and I'd probably be working on something else right now. Um, they weren't, and the the following administration came in and tossed that proposed determination. Um, a bunch of organizations sued the EPA and said, you didn't have grounds to toss these these proposed restrictions and protections. That got locked up in court. Meanwhile, Pebble then submitted its permit application and started to proceed what, it, what felt like breakneck pace and it felt like they were on their way towards having a permit. Uh, Army Corps seemed to be working with them to secure that per, to secure that permit. And then oddly, at the 11th hour in late November of 2020, the uh, Trump Army Corps tossed that permit and said and denied it. and th- that was a unique moment, I think that demonstrates the bipartisan opposition to this project. But that wasn't the end i think a lot of people were like cool pebbles done pebble said no we're going to sue army corps and we're going to keep trying to apply for these permits we're going to keep doing work and so uh the biden administration came in and said that they had committed to finishing what the obama administration had started but it was unclear how they would how they would sort of re-engage and meanwhile that lawsuit uh that started um because the trump administration had tossed the epa rulings Wound its way through courts, and the courts basically said, EPA, you have to deal with this. Uh, It's back in your hands. At which point, EPA said, Cool, we're going to relook at this and we're going to issue a new series of restrictions. Those new series of restrictions and actually prohibitions have been released today, um, in which they have said uh, there's some area around the specific pebble deposit from the 2020 application that mining waste disposal will be totally prohibited. And then there's a large area where they're setting a series of very strict restrictions that make it so that the, the Pebble project as proposed in 2020 cannot be built. And so it's a big day, it's a big week uh for this fight for sure. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. Well that was great. Summary of uh, what there will probably be many books written <laughs> eventually
1: of uh, you know hundreds of pages
0: of all of that explained in much greater detail. But um, yeah, you mentioned the bipartisan nature of the opposition to this issue. Um, you know, in general, gross overgeneralization. Republicans tend to be more pro-extraction, Democrats more pro-environment mm-hmm. protection. On this issue, um, you know, where has the Alaska? delegation the congressional delegation been on this and you know what what's the latest from them if you look at senators murkowski and sullivan in particular on uh how they're viewing and how they're weighing in on on the latest on pebble
1: you know it's been fascinating to watch sort of the incremental movement over time and at times it's felt like it's you know glacial um at best in 2010 to 2014 they were very opposed to epa taking action they see saw it as like a gross abuse of authority and at the time epa was was basing their analysis on, you know, some early plans and drafts from Pebble, but not the actual, not an actual permit. EPA has the authority to do that. It's very clear. The courts have upheld the the EPA's authority to to act whenever. In this case, but Senators Murkowski and Sullivan were were very opposed to it um, from a process standpoint. Um, in 2020, prior to the election, pe- there were some tapes that came out um, in which Pebble was secretly recorded talking about the Alaska delegation. And not such a great light and that really angered them and they quickly turned and said we're against pebble this is the wrong mine in the wrong place and so that was a big shift and then but it was still not been clear how they would respond to epa using this authority murkowski senator murkowski has long said that she would like to have an alaska-based solution to this she has hinted at proposing legislation she has offered draft legislation that has not gone anywhere I think she'd really like to to see some Alaska-based solution working with the federal government to to protect the whole watershed. Um, EPA's action here is very focused on the deposit at the at the headwaters. But um, today they came out and both reiterated Pebble is the wrong mine in the wrong place. Uh, they're not thrilled about EPA action, uh, but they see that it's it's use here at least as a short-term step towards some larger legislation legislative ideas. Um, uh, The the message has been clear that the people and the communities of Bristol Bay have asked for EPA to come in. This is not some overreach thing. This is Alaskans asking. Polling shows that 70% of Alaskans support EPA putting a swift end to the pebble fight. That's crazy numbers for Alaska. So I I think they're, they're reading the tea leaves there. They're seeing what's going on and you know we're going to sort of begrudgingly be okay with this it feels like based on their statements out today which is which is crazy um they certainly don't want to see epa use this authority anywhere else but but it seems like they're going to kind of hold their nose a little bit here in this this time and place on when it comes to pebble
0: yeah well you know and i i get it on some level of you know process is important and potential implications down the road but you'd like to think the overwhelming I mean, yeah, the 70% opposition in a state like Alaska to something like this, um, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. by whatever means necessary to ensure that this project doesn't move forward, uh, particularly when there's a, you know, a legal path forward for doing so. Right? Yeah, I, I think it's it's clearly the right approach and the right way to, to go forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and if I'm remembering back on those uh, leaked tapes, <laughs> the CEO is something like, oh yeah, I've got uh, the senators in my back pocket. Never a yeah. good thing. To say uh,
1: no he said they're sitting quietly in the corner they will they will make noise just enough to but yeah sitting quietly in a corner and they will do what we want in the long term it didn't go well (laughs) yeah
0: sometimes your uh your enemies can be your best ally when they're saying stuff like that but uh that's a great recap and uh sort of framing of where we are to date i hope folks in the recreational fishing industry understand the importance of this issue and are ready to engage at this really important moment mm-hmm. a comment period that's just mm-hmm. opening up you know working sam with you and others that are you know actively engaged on this issue you know, asa is going to be coordinating uh getting businesses to to write in sign on letters and awesome. have a keep america fishing alert hopefully by the time this podcast Great. goes out a lot of that stuff's already going to be up so we'll be Lovely. sure to include links to all that so folks in the industry can engage uh is there anything else Recreational fishing industry leaders should be aware of. Uh, Should we be focused on getting those letters and getting those comments in? Is there anything else?
1: I think I think that's the big thing. Um, I mean, I think Scott will be will be working on some thank yous to some congressional leadership. But right now, the big thing is, and and I I know it's hard, and we have campaign fatigue, and there's a lot of issues that we're wrestling with right now, um, just in the conservation space, Um, and so. And I know folks have feel like they well I've commented on Pebble before, but it it does matter, um, and it does matter that that EPA hears from folks. Not only I think the business sign on letters are fantastic. I think they they help pr- provide that that bipartisan economic justification for doing what they're doing. Um, even though for EPA, the, you know, the justification is in the science, but for the politics of it, the economic justification matters just as much. But I think for individuals, so if you're a brand and you have a, a good social media presence, please share the links and the action links so that your your fans and followers and, and fishermen uh, who use your gear um, can take that action. Um, we have in the past gotten between seven or, you know, 500,000 to 750,000 comments into EPA. we'd like to we'd like to, you know, we have a short window. it's a 40-ish day window this time around. Um, to but we would like to to demonstrate once again that hundreds of thousands of Americans are opposed to this. Tens of thousands of Alaskans are willing to weigh in. Um, they're opposed to pebble and they want EPA to finish this job. So we can focus on other things, not not just other issues that we're facing, but I think there's some real opportunities to have some exciting discussions about proactive, Sustainable economic development in Bristol Bay that is around a fishery that thrives and supports communities, and that's where we should be focusing our attention. Um, but I think we got to we got to get this this finished in short order first.
0: Absolutely. All right, Sam. We'll we'll get you out on that again. For, uh, folks that are listening, be on the lookout. You'll be hearing from us. You'll be getting our emails. Please be ready to step up and not only weigh in. Which we'll try and make as easy for you as possible but um to yeah. share, share the information uh so we can get those you know hundreds of thousands of folks weighing in hopefully this one last time and uh and finally put it into this uh this really bad proposal uh once and for all and so sam that you can get uh move on to other things other important issues like, right. alaska uh, salmon <laughs> conservation uh move on to the next pebble mine but um anyway sam really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights with us. Really appreciate all the leadership and work you have put into this issue. And uh and hopefully we're getting close to uh being able to celebrate its demise once and for all. So thanks for being with us, Sam. And uh hope to have you back on again soon to whether to talk about this or something else. Um hopefully we'll have a celebration. We'll be feeling a lot better yeah we'll be celebrating and then talking about other issues as well. So thanks a lot Sam.
1: Awesome. Well I appreciate the time and appreciate y'all's support on this issue both grass tops level and the grassroots it's very helpful
0: thanks again to sam for taking the time to share his insights with us once again please visit keepamericafishing.org to find the pebble mine action alert fill it out and then share it with everyone you know we'll be back in a couple weeks with the next episode but in the meantime please subscribe give us a five-star review and share the politics of fish podcast with your friends family and colleagues thanks for listening and tight lines